I swear, sometime soon I'm going to write a raucous, heck-raising, shocking, and feisty column. I want to be that older, wiser, gypsy, rebel, pirate, cowgirl who loves stomping in mud puddles, spitting in the wind, shaking her fist in the air, and betting on underdogs and long shots. I want to quote state statutes and pound my fist on the table about the sunshine law. Old habits die hard. I want to write about dancing at the Lazy E Corral in Broken Bow, Oklahoma, howling at the moon and beating my husband in some old-fashioned leg wrestling at the Mobley Chicken Ranch and Cowgirl Emporium. I want to sing my brother's theme songs of Bad to the Bone and I'm No Angel. Then I'll throw in some up-against-the-wall redneck mother and maybe you never even call me by my name. There's always, thank God and Greyhound, she's gone. She never cried when Old Yeller died and take this job and shove it. I want to write about how well I can decorate your yard with toilet paper or how I hurt myself every single time I clean my house, which proves housework is downright hazardous to your health and we need to find some workarounds in place of it. These old gal sappy ones are about to do me end and I truly think you should complain to someone, anyone, just complain. The truth is, I never really know what I'm going to write about each week. I just sit down at the keyboard and write. I'm never quite sure what's going to come out of my fingertips or my mouth. I should worry about that, I guess. But why start now? After all, writing, for me, is cheap therapy. But first, let me tell you a story. In the spring of 2014, my husband was still recovering from a stroke he had in the fall of 2013. He had been cutting wood and probably had a heat stroke, and things went downhill from there. He says he had a stroke to level the playing field because before that, he was so much smarter than everyone else. The first 72 hours were pretty scary. After a few months of rehab and therapy, one of the neurologists had some suggestions about what we could do to help reset parts of the brain that needed some prodding in the timekeeping department. He suggested getting a dog. I literally gasped in horror as I looked across the table at him. I thought that was about the dumbest thing ever. I about head bumped him right there on the spot. Here I was returning to school, leaving my husband at home, and I was worried sick about him, thinking my hard-headed hillbilly needed a keeper. He had already had a little brush fire or two during some cleanup, and I was more than a tad nervous. I certainly didn't think we needed one more thing to take care of or keep alive at this point. But we soon succumbed to a little black and white puppy we named Polly. She had a pink nose and a lively disposition. She loved to chase squirrels, all squirrels, and sometimes she would even eat them. She was so magical at fixing things in our world that one hot summer day, two years later, found Al heading to Walmart for light bulbs. It seemed he was gone in an inordinate amount of time that Sunday afternoon. I kept looking out the window at the driveway, wondering what kind of adventure he had found as I glanced at the clock on the stove. Soon, he came in with another little black and white ball of fluff in his hands. There were no light bulbs, and I was confused, aggravated, but immediately smitten. Otis was my boy. He stole my heart with those little grunts, his spotted belly, and those big brown eyes. In the beginning, he had these razor razor sharp claws that literally tore me up. In fact, I still have scars, but his personality was solid. 
He was stoic, strong, loyal, and sweet. He had the biggest eyes that just looked into your soul. His tail wagged when I woke up of a morning. It wagged when I came home at night. It wagged every single time I called his name. We were truly connected right down to his last day on this earth. I guess it's at this point I should apologize to the thousands of people I have rolled my eyes at through the years. You dog people. You know who you are. I always said I would never let a dog live in my house. I'd had dogs before but kept them outside. I always said I would never let a dog eat off my plate or take a bath in my tub. That's just gross, right? Then I also said, you know where I'm headed here, right? I also said I would never, under any circumstances, ever let them sleep in my bed. Bedrooms are sacred sanctuaries and animals should know their place. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it didn't take me any time at all to dive neck deep into the dark side. I've done all those things and more. We know the definition of a three-dog night at our house. By 2020, we rescued another dog, Pockets. He sort of adopted us and begged to stay. We figured one more didn't really matter at this point. Besides, he was small enough at the time, we figured if we didn't take him, he would soon become a snack for the coyotes. In October of last year, about the time the Queen of England died, our Queen Polly got hit by a truck and we had to say goodbye. This past week found us having to say goodbye to Otis. He's been having epileptic seizures for months and medication was no longer helping him to ward them off. After some tough conversations, we knew letting him go was the right thing to do. Al brought my coffee to school on my planned time and waited at the door. He said he had moved the date up to let go of Otis to 3.45 p.m. Wednesday afternoon. I groaned, but I knew it was the right thing to do. I walked to the car to nuzzle my little fella one last time. As we cuddled through the window, we went nose to nose as I looked into those brown eyes that sucked me in from the start. You've been a good dog, the best dog. I adore you. Mama loves you. I will miss you so much. I stammered as my tears fell on his whiskers. He grunted and licked my face one last time. Yes, I rolled my eyes at my own self as I walked back into the building, blubbering as they drove out of sight and I trudged back to my room. I told my kids about my impending loss and apologized for the pile of tissues on my desk. But the most interesting thing happened. Two kids, who hardly ever talked to me, came up to talk about loss, their dogs, and how they knew just how I felt. I used literature to teach empathy, and here my students were teaching me. Otis and his story became part of our classroom discussion as we dove back into our novel. We discussed coming-of-age themes, loss of innocence, and putting ourselves into someone else's shoes. Perfect, Otis. Just perfect. A final lesson. I am still heartbroken. All three dogs took good care of me when I was sick two years ago. When I came home from the hospital, Al traded places with me and had to go into the hospital for a few days due to post-COVID complications. The dogs never left my side. I was so worried about being unable to take care of them. I was tethered to an oxygen tank and had no voice. I couldn't whistle or holler out the door when I let them out, but they weren't any trouble at all. They were wonderful company those few weeks I was home. They guarded me, played at my feet, and checked on me every time I went down to nap. 
There's an old animated musical that Burt Reynolds did some voiceover work for called All Dogs Go to Heaven. It is well over 30 years old. Charlie Barkin is a seasoned German shepherd from New Orleans who is murdered and comes back for revenge. Long story short, Charlie teaches us about kindness, friendship, and love, and more than earns his halo in heaven. Dogs have been known for a long time as man's best friend. Mark Twain once said, The more I learn about people, the more I like my dog. Dogs love you unconditionally. They show pure joy and total abandon. They are a sure cure to a bad day. They don't hold grudges. They forgive any type of indiscretion for a treat. Their only idea of revenge is chasing after those wayward squirrels. We are now down to one dog at our house. It's going to seem pretty lonely for a while. Little did we know when we were busy rescuing dogs, they were busy rescuing us. And all dogs go to heaven. A dog named Anne-Marie says, Charlie, will I ever see you again? Charlie replies, sure you will, kid. You know, goodbyes aren't forever. Anne-Marie responds, then goodbye, Charlie. I love you. Charlie ends it by saying, yep, I love you too. I love you, Otis. All you ever wanted to be was a good dog. You were the best. I hope you and Polly are chasing squirrels as all dogs really do go to heaven. And I'm planning on seeing you again.